Well, it is Merry Christmas season, and of course, tomorrow will be Christmas, and we'll all be with our families, opening gifts and eating food and watching TV and then eating more food, and then we'll come back to church and learn about self-control and putting the flesh under. Now, but it's always wonderful to pause, and, and, and it's necessary to hear messages about this season, because if we're not careful, the world will still steal Christmas away from the church. We already see it creeping that way through merchandising, and, and then all sorts of folks get offended by what is or isn't on holiday coffee cups, and, and uh, whether they say season's greetings, Merry Xmas, or Happy Holidays, or Happy Kwanzaa Hanukkah. Or whatever the new thing is. If we're not careful as Christians to hear what the word of the Lord says concerning Christmas, uh, we'll just get caught right up in it and Christmas will be nothing but a selfish time of year for us where we get the big thing we want anyway. And that's not what Christmas is about. Thank God for nice stuff and wanting to bless each other. And we know we have Bible for those sorts of traditions. But the real purpose of Christmas is God revealing himself to us. And uh, we in theological circles are in Christianity, we call this the Advent season. And you hear that uh, more and more now just in, in conservative denominations. You hear the Advent season uh, or, or the four Sundays of Advent. And what Advent means, it's, it's a Latin word, Adventus, which means the, uh, the, the manifestation or the arrival or the coming into view. And so some denominations, the whole month of December is Advent for them and they're, they're counting down the days till Christmas. They're counting down the days until when we celebrate Jesus Christ was revealed. He was manifested. He was brought into being. And the Bible calls that uh, the birth of Christ. It calls that the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 9 calls it, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And in the Bible record, the Jews were not expecting the Christ child. They were expecting what we call the second advent. The Bible teaches us there are two advents, there are two revealings or two comings of God. And the whole Old Testament from basically Psalms forward to the birth of Jesus Christ, you hear this expression about the day of the Lord. And that's what everybody was looking forward to in the Old Testament. They were looking forward to the day of the Lord. Now there were plenty of prophecies that talked about the birth of Jesus Christ Isaiah 7 said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. The Bible says, the Lord says, I myself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bring forth a child. And you shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And yet the Old Testament believers overlooked that scripture. And then Micah says, But thou, Bethlehem, thou being little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of, out of you shall come forth unto me a prince who shall be a ruler over Israel. And, of course, the scribes were able to find that when King Herod got interested. King Herod could care less until some wise men from the eastern land said, we've come looking for the man born king of the Jews. Terrified the king and the whole court. And the king said, oh, um, where is he supposed to be born? And like that, they could find it. Why weren't they looking before? This time of the year is when we, we folks find God, but why weren't we looking before? This time of the year is we're thankful to be in church. We, we in Christian circles call it the C&E believers. Christmas and Easter. We're adding M in there, C-E-N-M. Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day Christians. They come to church on Christmas. They come to church on Easter and Mother's Day. But you shouldn't be like King Herod and discover Christ because now he's knocking at your door. 
You should have been, we should be like the wise men searching for him all along. Amen. Amen. Isaiah also says unto us, chapter 9, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Hosea 11 says, the Lord says, out of Egypt shall I call my son. These were all verses talking about the first advent, but there's only about four or five of them. And so the Old Testament believers totally missed it. They didn't see it. What they were looking for was what we know is the second advent, the second revealing of the Lord, called the day of the Lord. And uh, I don't know why they were so eager for that day, because the Bible does not describe it very positively. In fact, the Bible describes it in some of the most horrific language possible. I'm going to read you some of those verses so you can understand something about Advent. Uh, because one of the things Christmas ought to do to us is remind us not only is there a first Advent, but there's a second one coming. And we all want to camp around the manger where the baby's cute and cuddly. But we cannot forget about, about the second advent that the Bible prophesied nearly 10 to 1 over the first advent. Isaiah describes the second advent as the day of the Lord. Only the Lord shall be exalted and men will crawl into rocks and caves for fear of God. That's how Isaiah describes the day of the Lord that's coming. Isaiah says it's a day of destruction from the Almighty, a day of his cruel wrath and fierce anger to destroy all sinners. That's the day of the Lord that's coming. <laughs> the day of the Lord is actually a military term and is used in terms of battle. Jeremiah 46 describes the day of the Lord as a day of vengeance where the Lord's sword will be drunk with the blood of his enemies. This Christmas, it's good to count yourself, judge yourself and say, am I a Lord's enemy? Because we're celebrating the first advent that is past and there is yet a second to come. I'm just reading you the Old Testament prophets, wondering why the Jews were so eager for that day. I'd have been looking for the baby too. <laughs> baby, baby. <laughs> Lamentation says, a day of the Lord is a day when no one escapes and no one remains. That is what is coming quickly upon the earth. Ezekiel describes it a day, a time of doom for all nations. Joel says, a day of destruction from the Almighty, a great and very terrible day, no one can survive it. Amos says, a day of darkness and not light. That is the day of the Lord. That is the day that will come after the church is raptured out of here, when the Lord reveals himself a second time to the earth, a day when the Jews will receive their Messiah because they missed the babe in a manger and the young man on the cross. And it'll be a day where nobody will be able to say, um, can you give me a sign? It says the mighty men, the kings and the mighty warriors, they will fear and they will crawl under the mountains and beg for the mountains to bury them so they don't have to see God. I have a personal conviction that this might be an answer to the prayer of all pagans and atheists who mock God and say, if God is real, let him reveal himself. This is the second advent that is coming. You can see why the Jews missed it because this is what they were looking for when they did have verses that say, behold, a child, a virgin, a son. You can see how they missed it. You can also understand, and I think this is so wonderful. I turn with me, if you have your Bible, to Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 2. <laughs> Luke 
if this is the day of the Lord, a day of military battle, a day where the Lord will draw all of his enemies and they will be destroyed. There's another passage that says this is the day of the Lord's feast, a day where he will sacrifice and prepare a table. And another verse says, and then he will invite all the birds of the world to come and gorge themselves. That's the Lord's feast. He will massacre his enemies, the God mockers, the drunkards, the wine bibbers, the adulterers, the fornicators, those that hate God, those that are declared to be his enemy. That's the table he sets. His sacrifice is humankind who's rejected him. Now, this is not very Christmas feeling, but this should always help recalibrate our heart at Christmas. Thank God for the first advent. We have found God. And because we found God through Jesus Christ, we don't have to fear the second advent. But it is coming, and you can't stop it. It is a sovereign move of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And they were, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. Yeah, I, I'd be a little nervous too. And the angel had to tell him, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, or Messiah. Now there's a problem, because that just instantly clicked in their Jewish minds, day of the Lord. Because they're not expecting a baby. All they know, nobody bothered to process a baby has to grow to become a military leader. They're just thinking Messiah, the deliverer, the one who will establish his kingdom and of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I, I think now they're probably maybe more scared. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. This is, not the first, uh, this is not the final advent. This is not the day of wrath. This is not the day of cruel anger. This is not the day where the Lord will make his sword drunk in the blood of his enemies. This is the day of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. They had to basically readjust the Jewish mindset and let them know there's, there's a whole season of time coming you know nothing about. And this is the Messiah who's come to die for you, not to kill you yet, but to be killed for you. They missed their Messiah. We know that if you're a student of the word, if you've been to church any, you know that the Jews missed the time of their visitation because their savior was not what they were expecting. They were looking for this military leader. Even uh, uh, Paul, excuse me, Peter and the, James and the others at, the, at the, the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord, they said, okay, is it now is it time for you to restore the kingdom? Is it now when we start killing everybody? And the Lord said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, but get the Holy Ghost, be a witness. The Father's put everything else in his hand. You just hold fast till I come for you. And they were still, after three and a half years of ministry, they were still expecting the day of the Lord that is coming. It just hasn't come yet. But here's the thing. This first advent is so critical. We think it's about giving gifts. We think it's about a baby in a manger. But the angel Gabriel, who is the angel assigned to the nation of Israel, he said something very powerful to Mary. Go to Matthew chapter 1, please. Matthew 
beginning in verse 21. He said unto Joseph, He shall bring forth the Son, and you shall call his name Jesus. That means Savior. That's, that's the word Yeshua. We get the word Joshua from it. You will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The first advent came to give people the opportunity to never see the second advent. And that is why what we must take away at Christmas, among the many other wonderful things, there's always a word of exhortation or warning with the Lord. We should realize we have met Jesus Christ. He has saved us from our sins. We get in on the first advent so you don't have to be partakers of the last advent. Because the first time he came as a swaddling babe, and grew, and he'd never quenched a smoking flax nor, nor destroyed a, a bruised reed, and he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and they whipped him and beat him, and he never said a thing about it. But that is not how he's coming back. He went as a lamb dumb to the slaughter, but when he comes back, the Bible says he's coming back with a shout, with his sword drawn, with a legion of us coming with him to destroy his enemies. Quite the opposite end of the spectrum. And if Christians aren't willing or if uh, human beings aren't willing to be a partaker of the first advent, there's only one advent left for you. And the Bible's very clear. That day will be so ferocious, so terrifying, even the military generals, what we would say the Navy SEALs, who don't fear anything, the Bible says very clearly, they will find caves to crawl into and beg the mountains to bury them so they don't have to face the wrath of God. Now, if you're like me, you're born again, and we don't have to face that day. Let me lighten it up for you. But we forget the gift is saving people from their sins. Everybody loves Christmas because it makes you feel good for the short season. But if you'll serve Jesus Christ on his terms and not yours, you can enjoy every season. If you'll be a partaker of the first advent and recognize the gift of Jesus Christ and let him wash you and deliver you and remit your sins, uh, in a sense, every season can be Christmas where you're just thankful that Jesus came and died for you to wash you and cleanse you and redeem you and restore you. And you don't have to fear the world that is crumbling all around us. You don't have to fear all the calamities of the day because they're not appointed unto us. They're appointed unto those that mock God and refuse to do his word. Now, I'm a preacher. I'm not a politician, so I'm not here to make you feel good or lie to you. I'm here to shoot you straight and tell you the truth. Christmas comes and goes once a year, but if you don't serve God, this may be the best feeling you ever have. The world loves Christmas. We write songs, more songs about Christmas than anything else because it feels good because we stop and we're nice to each other for a season. And we give gifts for no real reason for a season. And then people give us stuff when we don't deserve it for a season. If you would walk and serve Jesus Christ, that can be your whole life. Amen. But if you're just a Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day Christian, you may be appointed under the second advent. I don't believe they're lighting any candles for that advent. I think the only candle the Lord's lighting is called planet Earth. And it's going to burn. Amen. But I'm thankful that Jesus Christ came that the Lord said, his name shall be Emmanuel, God is with us. And, and you, Joseph, you, the dad, you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sin. He is a savior and a deliverer. 
And if you've never known Jesus, if you've never met him as Savior and Deliverer, you can. And you can repent of sins and you can start living your life holy for God. That's what Christmas is all about. This time of year, we watch all these movies and Disney churns out all these movies about Christmas magic and Christmas spirit. And I just roll my eyes listening to it in the other room like, well, cast that spirit out. That's just of the devil. Jesus is the reason. Ain't no heart and cheer and warmth making Santa's sleigh ride nothing. It's the power of God into salvation that makes the difference. We're slowly pushing Jesus out of this. You can push him out if you want, but he's coming back. And you're not going to like the next advent. Not at all. But what we want to do this Christmas season is pause and, and, and ask the Lord for help. Ask the Lord to forgive us. Ask the Lord to redeem us. Ask the Lord to wash us and make us new again. This is a continuous thing called a Christian walk. You're, you're not supposed to just come to Christmas two or three times a year. You're supposed to live in, in church. You're not just supposed to come to church at Christmas and these special holidays. You're supposed to live for God. Living for God will make a lot of your problems go away. Truthfully, most of your problems are because you don't live for God. Amen. But Jesus Christ was born in due time, right when the world needed him. Was born of a virgin, grew, never sinned, gained favor with God and man, and became obedient to the death of a cross, and was crucified there, a bloody, vicious, sick, sadistic way of torture, and did it for us. Because the Father told him to. That's the best Christmas gift right there. You can get all the watches and hunting gear and dresses and purses you want, but without Jesus, it'll all burn with you. It really will. But Jesus wants to redeem you. Amen. Let's all pray this together. And let's mean it in our heart. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. On Christmas Eve, I'm your child. I'm saved, but I haven't always lived that way. Tonight, I want to give you my life. I want to rededicate my life to you. I want to rededicate my purposes to you. Help me to live worthy of the cross of Calvary. Help me to live out loud for you. Jesus, forgive me of my backsliddenness, maybe my laziness, my rebellious attitudes. I confess this to you. Wash me, cleanse me, restore me, and help me to serve you. And I will do better. I'll grow. I'll glorify your name. I'll produce great fruit. And I'll make you proud. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for helping me and receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen.